Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. Today I will be joined by a special guest, or actually two special guests, in Jonathan Mathis of SoCal Sports and Michael A. DeLeon of Project Spurs. We're going to be talking about the Danny Green comments today about Kawhi Leonard that was, he was, that was spoken on ESPN's Get Up. And we'll also talk a little bit about uh, Danny Green and his mentality uh, going into free agency. And we'll also talk NBA playoffs and a little bit more on an all-new episode of the Two Shots Podcast starting now. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and dive right in and let's talk about the hot topic of the day, which is Danny Green and his comments on Get Up early this morning about Kawhi Leonard, in which he said that, you know, they keep in contact. And he was uh, saying that Kawhi has verbally told him that he wants to remain here in San Antonio and be part of the Spurs organization. All this amidst all these rumors that have been going on for months. Nobody's really heard anything. And they've even talked to Danny Green about what happened in the locker room, about the infamous meeting. How does the team kind of feel about Kawhi? And basically, Danny Green did a great job, smoothed out everything. And before we move any further than that, let's go ahead and get some comments. Let's start off with you, uh, Michael DeLeon, since I started with Jonathan last time. Let's get your take on what you thought about Danny Green's comments. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm always thinking, oh, well, he's just like, you know, out there, you know, giving the, comp- the company line or whatever. But I, I, I thought it was a little different this time because he actually said, I've I've talked to him and he said that normally normally if somebody is just giving people what they want to hear, he wouldn't really make up something like that or say they've said such and such, you know. he You know, he, there were other things he could have said. Instead, oh, I, I, he could have said, I think he's coming back, or I think, but when he said that he wants to be back and this is where he wants to be, um, I found that interesting that he was able to, I guess, divulge that information. And, um, you know, hopefully maybe that'll stop a lot of the speculation because it's been like speculation, uh, like crazy the last, you know, few months or whatever. And, and maybe people, uh, you know, see this and, uh, you know, take take what they can out of it. I mean, that there's not really much else you can say about this. Uh, really, all you have to, all you can do now is just wait to see what happens. It's like he said, uh, we'll see what happens, and and that's all anybody can do is wait and see what happens. Yeah, but after you heard Danny Green's comment saying that, hey, you know, I did uh, speak with Kawhi, and he told me verbally that he wants to remain here in San Antonio. How did that make you feel as a fan? Did it kind of ease any, you know? uneasiness or nervousness that you might have had about maybe Kawhi Leonard leaving. How how did that make you feel? I I don't think it really changed much of anything. I I try not to become (laughs) too invested based on what other people, what other people say, because a lot of times things can change when it actually comes from a person's mouth or when it actually comes down to things happening. So I try not to really, uh, you know, have what anybody else says change things. Like I said, it, it was good to see that he said something that he really didn't have to say, and so that that's kind of encouraging. Uh, but again, we'll see. We'll see. You know what goes down, and um, I'm sure uh, they're hoping to meet soon and and get this all figured out. Yeah, and you, Jonathan, how did you? What did you think really about this? Uh, Danny Green and his comments about Kawhi Leonard today on on ESPN's Get Up. I would think that it gives the fans something to feel good about. You know, it's uh, it's it's now a chance for them to feel optimistic that 
this is possible that Kawhi Leonard will stay in San Antonio where he has become a star, where he has pretty much, you know, started his career and, you know, became that that star player for that organization. Danny Green said he he's he's talked to him quite a bit. I guess they have that mutual friendship or what whatever. And it, it sounds like the guy is willing to, uh, you know, put his differences aside and get back out there with the San Antonio Spurs next season. And if so, this is a good thing for the the organization, and this is a good thing for all the fans out there that's uh, been, uh, you know, pretty much speculating uh, what his next decision would be. And now, right now, it feels like, you know, you could put the speculation aside and you can move forward and, and hope for uh, the best possible outcome there is, uh, which is him returning uh, in the Spurs, wearing the Spurs uniform next season. Yeah, I mean, well said. And, you know, another thing I thought that was interesting about this whole debacle is Danny Green actually kind of talked a little bit about what his mentality or his mindset was. If you all heard the the full excerpt, basically they were asking Danny Green, what are you going to do in the offseason when you hit, you know, free agency hits and everybody starts making offers and you start entertaining offers, not just maybe from the Spurs, but from other teams as well. They asked him, "What what's your mindset? What's your mentality? What are you going to do? And they said, are you going to consult with Kawhi first? And he's like, I'm going to talk with everyone. He said he's going to talk with every, you know, his team members, his teammates. He's going to even talk with RC. He's going to talk with Pop. He's going to talk with everybody before he makes a decision on on free agency. And and he he kind of, from what I gathered from him and from his comments, it just seemed like he was pretty set on remaining with the San Antonio Spurs. How would you guys guys feel about it? how would I feel about him returning? Yeah. I would feel, I would feel good about it because look, here's a guy who's had a number of setbacks. He's had a couple of setbacks. He, you know, he's still, he's still enduring pain with his, with his quad injury. Uh, This is a guy who felt that, you know, the training staff didn't do a well enough job to make sure he will get back to uh, his usual form, return to a hundred percent. So he could, uh, you know, join his team and be back on the court with his team. So I think more than anything, I think this is a guy who was just frustrated with the fact that he couldn't help his team win. And every competitor wants to be out there on the court if they are able to. And Kawhi Leonard was not was not capable of doing that because he was bothered by a, a quad injury that uh, sidelined him. So I think more than more than anything, he was upset with himself not so much the organization i think this was people making it out to be that he was feuding with the organization and it don't seem like a guy of of uh leonard's class that he would behave in this manner all right michael and what did you think uh, about danny green's comments uh on get up tonight i mean tonight today in the morning when he was saying that he was going to consult with all of his teammates and, you know, everybody that means something uh, before he makes a, you know, 
I guess, a decision in the offseason and maybe entertain some some extra, you know, some some deals from some other teams. What did you think? Uh, I, I just think that's just a smart thing to do. I think he wants to deal of, of you know, what the team's going to do. I mean, he had really be able to have player options, and I'm sure he wants to see where Kawhi's at and what happens there. Kind of wanted to get a good feel for for where the team's headed. Uh, but I think that it's in his best interest to, to remain with the team because he's on a team that values uh, what he brings and that doesn't expect, uh, you know, anything. I think a lot of times on other teams could get lost, you know, and, and not being a player that can always be counted on for offense. Whatever. I think with the first as long as he wants his defense and if he's able to contribute, that's great. Uh, so I really, I think the only options here are, I mean, it seems like, his market right now is probably going to be sitting somewhere around seven to eight, which is below what he's currently making. So either he opts in or he, I think maybe he talks to Papa and RC and, and opt up so he can get a longer deal, even if it's for, um, you know, if, even if it comes at a lower annual rate, because I'm sure he'd, he'd like to have that, uh, that locked in for a few years. You know, and I, I don't see him opting out to go chase, you know, another team or to go chase a, a more lucrative contract with some other team. I think he's pretty set in San Antonio. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, it, it's going to be one of those two options. Yeah, the thing is, is that, you know, if they do offer Kawhi the max contract at $219 million, there's only so much money that can go around. What I think yep. would be uh, a feasible solution would be to offer Danny Green maybe a two-year contract and making that second year an option. That way they can rework things and maybe offer him more money or less money depending on his performance you know that way they can say look we can offer you this and we can give you a little maybe give you maybe more money it just depends on your performance and we can also add some other key pieces you know for the future i mean what do you think about that scenario would that be something that would be feasible i think that makes sense really i mean especially because he's not a younger player anymore he's getting a little older obviously he's going to hit his decline probably might have hit a little bit of decline this year. Uh, but then also I think that he probably knowing if, if he has Kawhi coming back, I mean, that opens things up a lot. I mean, I, I, I feel like a few players struggle this year and I call that the Kawhi effect because they don't have a uh, Kawhi passion of the ball with for open shots because they don't have, you know, two or three guys, you know, trying to, uh, you know, stop, stop Kawhi and that changed things a lot because, they got the opportunities, but a lot of times it wasn't, you know, the offense that comes to them, you know, with, with, I guess, the open shots that they were expecting. And so I think that he would probably feel confident enough if, you know, Kawhi comes back that he'd be able to, you know, if, if something was performance-based or incentive-based, that he could do that. And obviously I'm sure he'd, he'd want a longer contract because if he stops in for the one more year, then where, where are you at after that? Yeah, true enough, you know, so we'll just have to see what happens with the Spurs and if they do, in fact, offer Kawhi Leonard this Supermax contract or do they let him come back one more year and then see, you know, basically what happens at that juncture. Hold on, Michael. All okay, right, so, so do you want me to just take it where I answered what you said? Yeah, I mean, that was fine. You you had already ended your, your, oh, perfect. your take. All okay, right, so, so you can just yeah, so moving on to our next topic, or next segment, should I say. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors game last night. All I can say is that was a very entertaining game, to say the least. 
And surprisingly enough, the Rockets have been playing some outstanding defense to close out games, especially in the fourth quarter in crunch time. And it kind of seems that Kevin Durant has kind of disappeared. He doesn't look like the the closeout player that he once was during the regular season. And that, I think, is a testament to how the Rockets have been playing this hard-nosed style of defense against the Warriors and kind of really disrupted their offense uh, to close the games. They've made uncharacteristically uh, mistakes in the end, you know, especially with Draymond Green and the waning seconds to just have the ball just fall out of your hands. It's it's uncharacteristically uncharacter- not Golden State Warriors ball. And I don't know, man. I think that the momentum right now is in the Warrior. I mean, the Rockets court. I think that the Warriors are kind of kind of scared a little bit you know they're kind of worried i think the pressure is all on them now not so much on the rockets but on the on the warriors to you know return back to the finals and win this game because if they don't win they're going home um what is your take on it jonathan yes the rockets have all the momentum right now they took a three to two serious lead with an incredible victory in last night's game but they lost one of their premier guards in the backcourt to a hamstring injury. That's Chris Paul. Chris Paul will miss game six tomorrow night at the Oracle Oracle Arena in Oakland. Uh, This guy runs their offense. He controls things on, on the offense. And without him, it changes the whole dynamic of the Houston Rockets game. It it really does. And if they want a chance to win, they could close it out in a hostile environment with James Harden. But James Harden is going to have to step it up. He's going to have to be their go-to guy. He's going to have to be that superstar player that people make him out to be. And he's going to have to pretty much do it all. He's going to have to score better. He was 0 of 11 from three-point range. That matched the record set by former New York Knicks shooting guard, John Starks in Game 7 lost to the Houston Rockets in 1994 for people who who doesn't know. So I think James Harden is going to have to limit his number of shots from outside and, you know, change up his game a little bit by driving to the basket, drawing fouls, you know, getting the ball inside and, you know, becoming more of a factor down low instead of just trying to hurt you from the outside because I know James Harden is athletic enough to, you know, drive to the basket and try to finish there. And you got to see more productivity from, from uh, Clint uh, Capella who set the, who kind of set the tone early with his dominance from the start. So if you get, you know, a number of points from those guys, you have a good chance of winning. If not, the Golden State Warriors will force a Game 7, especially if a guy like Kevin Durant and if a guy like Stephon Curry has a big game, knowing knowing the situation that they're in. So we'll see how it goes, and there's a great possibility that the Warriors can force a Game 7. Now, I think if it does go seven games, and if you get Chris Paul back for Game 7, 
there's a great chance that the Rockets will win because it's on their home floor and they've played brilliantly at home. And again, you addressed how well they've performed on defense. That's been huge for them. That's been the difference in this series. But again, the the Rockets are going to have to be able to balance that with great offense. And James Harden's mechanics has just been off. I I think mechanically, he's going to have to shoot better than what he has. What he has, he he finished with 19 points on five of 21 shooting in in game five. So uh, it's going to have to be a different uh, outlook for them in 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 game six. Yeah, no doubt. And let's go ahead and get Michael's take. I mean, what do you think about the the Rockets and the Warriors game five last night? It's funny because I, I was on Twitter and I was reading a lot of people talking about how it was a terrible <laughs> game, and I was like. Are you paying attention here? Like, it's great. It great basketball. I loved it. Like, if you want people just to be blowing out, if you want another forty-one point game, okay. But that that's not entertaining at all for me. I loved the gritty, <clears throat> the defense. Both sides were showing defense. Uh, to John's point about Chris Paul, I mean, he's he's been a big part. I feel like ever since like game three or four, he's really stepped stepped even more and played a bigger role. And uh, Especially when they saw that win over there in Oracle, I felt like he was a, a huge part of that. And not only are they going to miss him offensively, but also defensively, because the guy is pesky. I mean, you put him, he's been matched up against Kevin Durant, and he gives the guy no space to turn around and shoot. And every time he, he's, he's matched up against a, a, even a taller guy, there's no space. And, and they've done a really good job, him, and I think PJ Tucker as well. And they kind of have to recover because uh, James Harden is just not a, a great defensive player, but luckily they have the pieces around them with the Reels as well and Capella that they've been able to and Gordon. really clamp down. Yeah, Gordon as well. But I agree with Jonathan. I feel like a lot of times they live and die by that three and man, they were <laughs> they were they were almost dead. Well you, um, you tell me this, Michael. You saw the game and you pay you pay real close attention to how the offenses and the defensive sets are run. Did you notice the same thing in the in the in the in the Rockets? And how they started off the first quarter and they were playing good. And then all of a sudden they got away from what was kind of working for them. You know, they were sharing the ball and everybody was moving. And then they got stagnant on offense and it was the same thing. Dribble, 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 yeah, ISO. ISO. Yeah. yeah. I, was like, I hate it. Uh, why did they do that? I feel like Clint Capella is going to be lost as long as they keep going to that ISO. They have to move the ball and they have to run a uh, pick and roll to, to be able to get him involved. If not, he's just going to be lost out there, and it's like you're going four and five. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see them uh, change that, especially I think you saw a lot yesterday where we saw a lot of that ISO, and then it would lead to a miss. And a lot of times, I mean, it, it's just against what I like. And I hate when you're, like, taking the shot clock down to, like, six seconds, and it forces you to take a bad shot. and Every time I was just like, just start screen or, or, or run something else or call a screen or, or something to try to get to the basket. Yeah, pass but, um, the ball or something. Exactly. So if, if they can stick to that, what was working, because they, they were able to build up a good lead, uh, you know, they should be able to get it. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough loss with Chris Paul out. Uh, like I said, both ends of the floor. But, you know, right now they've got the momentum in their favor. And if they can come out and, and play well, they'll be able to take care of it. But uh, it's not going to be an easy task, that's for sure. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know if somebody was calling me on my phone. <laughs> it's part of going live when we're doing our podcast. But anyway, the thing is, is that 
with Chris Paul being injured now, what do you think? You think, and this is going to be directed at both you guys, so you can jump in at the same time. What is your response to where you think that, do you think that the Warriors win game six or they don't win game six? They could win game six. Uh, as I as I said earlier, they, I mean, you know, they they now know that one of their perennial weapons is now out. So now they can take advantage of that, and they're going to be doing everything they can to seize the opportunity with their backs against the wall. This is an elimination game for them. This is do or die. They have to go out there and bring – they're all, and I think the Golden State Warriors will, and I think there's a great chance they will force a Game 7 come Memorial Day in Houston. I'm guessing that's when the next game is, Monday night. And so, you know, they're going to be ready to come out and, and attack from the outside, you know, because Chris Paul has played brilliantly defensively, and, you know, James Harden doesn't, play defense that much he's a he's more of a run it up and down the floor and I shoot the basketball and that's exactly what he's been doing and this is what D'Antoni wants James Harden to do for whatever reason he wants him to continue to take his jump shots because as we've seen he has emerged as one of the league's most deadly shooters that there's no there's no denying that but I think if the if he doesn't perform up to his capabilities tomorrow night, I think you will see this series go to seven games without Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a big he's a he's a big piece to their puzzle. He's probably the most important player on the floor. And this is why they made that trade for him because they knew how valuable he could be in their backcourt, especially being able to take the pressure off of a guy as good as as good as James Harden. So a, a lot of this, when you lose a player that's that good for your team, it can hurt you. And, you know, it has an effect on your team, and that, that's probably what we're going to see tomorrow night. Now, I could be wrong, and Houston could step it up knowing that they have a chance to close it out and realize that, you know, well, without Chris Paul, that could just probably, you know, motivate them to play even harder. You know, that can probably, you know, uh, uh, snap them into reality and realize that, uh, hey, we got a chance to close this out. We can't let them force game seven because, as everybody knows, anything is possible in the game seven. So this is Houston's shot to close it out. And if they don't close it out tomorrow night and if they lose game seven on their home floor, that would be a real travesty. And everyone will once again be talking about James Harden, how he's not a playoff player, how he mm. chokes under pressure. Mm-hmm. And then everyone will say, well, they had a chance to do it, but they couldn't do it without Chris Paul. So you can just hear all the, all the, the discussions and, yeah, right. and all the cliches that will uh, that will occur in the aftermath of, of a defeat if it comes down to that. So this is a time for Houston – to show the world what they made of. This is a time for James Harden to also avenge that painful playoff loss last year against the San Antonio Spurs. This is a chance for him to, to you know, respond to those disbelievers and those doubters. So the spotlight is now on him. 
and this is his chance, and this is his shot to make it happen. Yeah, and what about you, Michael? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And I was going to say, Joe, I know a little bit about James Harden and choking in the playoffs because <laughs> we saw that <clears throat> last year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, it, it's gonna it's gonna depend on a lot of factors. It's, it's like I said, Chris Paul is a bit exhausted more than more ways than one. I mean, like I said, we talked about his offense defense, but also, I mean, you saw him in that game yesterday, you know, and just his, uh, you know, just his mindset and, and his intensity, and it's exactly where it needs to be, especially when you catch play players that have just appeared in the playoffs, and you, you need a guy like that to be your face and to pump you up, and so. You know, their backup, I think they a backup, Aaron Jackson is like their backup point guard. So they're going to have to probably take uh, Eric Gordon off the bench and start him, which means their bench gets a little weaker, uh, you know, once they go to that bench. And then they're really going to be uh, counting on, I guess, Joe Green and Ryan Anderson a lot. Um, so, you know, we'll see if they're going to be deep enough. But I, I think it, if they want to take care of it without having to go back home for game seven, they're gonna have to put pressure on Golden State uh, right away, like they have done in a few games. Exactly. Build up a lead. Uh, if not, you know, if, if they let Golden State breathe like they have the last two games and let it get close, especially like the last game, uh, you're not gonna have these situations where you have Draymond dropping the ball or even that terrible shot selection with Kevin Durant passing it to Clay for like a contested shot. You're not gonna have those type of things happen every game. Yeah, you know, you you all bring right, up great, right. great great points from both sides, you know. So we'll just have to see what happens in Game Six, but uh, nonetheless, it's going to be very entertaining, and I'll be one to watch. Even though I don't really have a dog in this fight, you know, but I'm still a fan of the game, and I look forward to to seeing what occurs. So going on to our next segment, and the last segment of the of the podcast is the preview of the Cavs and the Celtics game that's going to be occurring later on tonight. Now. I kind of picked the Celtics to win the last game. You know, I was like, you know what? They're going to win game five or game game four or five or whatever they were playing. I already forgot. <laughs> but I picked them to win. I picked the Celtics to win. Now, I picked the Cavs to win the series, but I picked the, the Celtics to win. It was a pivotal game five. So we're having a game six tonight. And they're saying, are we going to possibly be seeing the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James playing his last game as a Cleveland Cavalier if they lose this series against the Celtics. To me, I, I really believe that that will happen. If the team doesn't pull out a win and go to the NBA Finals again, I think we could possibly be seeing you know, LeBron James' last game with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I do pick the Cavs, though, to win the series just based on experience. They've been here. They've done that before. And I think they're going to be able to keep their composure against a young Celtics team who might not necessarily know how to close out teams because this is all new to them. You know, granted, they are athletic, but experience to me is something that you really can't put a price on. It's 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 huge. It's instrumental into a team and their success. And I got to go with the Cavs on this one. I'm picking them to win this game and tie up the series. And, you know, we're going to be seeing a game seven and it's going to be for for everything, and I, ex I expect mm -hmm. the Cavaliers to win. I mean, what do you think, Michael? Do you expect the Cavaliers to win tonight, or are they going to lose? No, I, I think they've got it tonight. This this type of stage in this situation was, like, made for LeBron James, and, yeah, he was tired, whatever, with the last game, but this is, like, knowing that 
this season, the entire season now is on the line. There's probably nobody else that put that kind of pressure on and expect to to get through this than LeBron. Uh, but man, that that his supporting cast really needs to do something. When you look at you know the other uh, aside from Kevin Love, because the other three guys, I think they had ten points combined in that starting lineup, and and you know a lot of their other uh, guys off the bench didn't do so well. That's <laughs> uh, Lou plays uh, Kyle Korver a little bit and doesn't get thrown off because. Uh, Boston doesn't play. Uh, I can't remember who it was that they didn't play, but he decided not to to play Kyle Korver much because of that. Because Korver's been one guy that they've been able to count on, and it's been able to knock down some shots and actually play some good defense as well. So yeah, I, I expect Cleveland to get this win, and, and then you know, set, Game Seven, it, it's all up in the air really. I mean, I've been really impressed with uh, Jason Tatum, and, and I'm a big fan of Jalen Brown as well, and and and. Gary Terry has been fun to watch as well. So, uh, you know, it, I think it's lining up for a, a really good game seven. Yeah. And what about you, Jonathan? What's your take? You think the Cavs are yes, going to be able to win? I, I couldn't agree more with both of you guys. If you were to spin the bottle and you were to let it spin and spin, it would stop on the Cavaliers. Look, history is on their side here. They're five and two since the 2005 playoffs when facing elimination. They're also 7-1 at home in the playoffs, and the home team has won every game so far in this series. This has been this has been a series that's dictated based on the home team. So when the Celtics were home, the Celtics won. When the Cavs are at home, the Cavs won. So I have to go with the home team here. Cleveland's at home. They're in front of their crowd. They're going to win. LeBron knows what's at stake here. And LeBron has done well in elimination games as well. LeBron James is doing it all for his team. I think he knows what he has to do tonight. Yes, he's exhausted. Yes, he looks a bit fatigued. But he's going to continue to do what he's got to do for his team. This is a guy who's averaging 30 points throughout the playoffs. He's incredible. He's, you know, he's their star player, and he's going to have to have a big game tonight. Uh, if he doesn't, then the Celtics could pull pull it out. But I, I doubt that the Celtics have a big game tonight. They've they've shown that they have only could play really well at home in this series, you know, and that's something that uh, if they, if you know, if they want to win, they, they, they're going to have to uh, – try to close it out on the road and they got a chance to uh, bring it back home in game seven, which I think that's what's going to happen. I think this, I think the Cavaliers will force a game seven. Uh, Boston has shot 36% from the field at home, in, you know, in, in game five and, and one, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to step up their, their shooting percentage. They're going to have to get more out of Marcus smart. They're going to have to get more out of Marcus out of Marcus Morris. They got to get more out of Jason Tatum, who scored 24 points in game five, who's been, you know, nothing short but impressive. And, you know, you, you just got to get these guys going. And I think if the Celtics get them going and if they jump on them early, they have a slight chance of winning. But, again, I got to stay with the home team since that's been the pattern of the series. And I got to give it to uh, LeBron and the Cavs tonight. All right. So there you have it. You both have 
the Cavs winning, and I have the Cavs winning as well. And we look forward to seeing a Game 7. We could possibly see two Game 7s in, just depending on what happens tonight and what happens the following day with the, the Warriors and the Rockets. I believe that we're going to have two Game 7s in the Eastern and the Western Conference. So that's going to be entertaining nonetheless, you know. And, and I look forward to seeing this. As a fan that loves basketball, you can't ask for anything better than this. You know, one game for everything. That you're just laying it all out there. And no doubt that both teams will be playing their hearts out. So I look forward to it. I know you guys do too. And before we end this uh, end the show, should I say, why don't you let the people know where they can go and see you, uh, Michael DeLeon, and find out all, find about find out all your great content that you post for Project Spurs and personally, you know, for you yourself, Michael A. DeLeon. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, twittercom slash mdeleon. Uh, also twitter.com slash product spurs and also productspurs.com. Uh, we just had the, the latest podcast uh, talking about the all NBA team selections. Uh, and we've been doing more and more, and more draft coverage. Uh, you know, we're, we've got one profile kind of every week and then pretty soon we're going to be putting together uh, kind of in like a digital magazine format, a draft guide for draft night. Just so we have, you know, kind of the two we expect that the pool of players will be available at 18 will be in so you'll have kind of profiles of all those guys and uh just kind of a, a quick reference type thing so uh, look for all of that and also outside sports live uh with jonathan uh every week and uh joe thanks for uh for guest hosting it this week appreciate that yeah not a problem man i love having you both on on the show it's always fun and jonathan why don't you let the people know where they can follow you and all your great content that you have over at uh, socal sports First and foremost, I would like to say thank you, Joe, for having us on and for doing the show with me on Wednesday. Uh, it's always a pleasure working with you. As far as where you could find me, you could find me uh, pretty much everywhere. But you can follow me on uh, you can follow me on Instagram at SportsJudge85. You can also follow me on Twitter at SportsJudge85. It's the same thing, so you can't miss me. Uh, you can also follow me and Michael at our Outsider Sports Live page where we post our shows weekly on that page. And you can also find me, here's the big one, at SoCalChronicle.com. That is the website that I do all my commentary at, and that's the website where my team writes with me. It's a lot of fun, and you should stop by, if you, especially if you're a California fan, and read what we post. We post a lot of good work over there, and it's a lot of fun working with those guys. So check out SoCalChronicle.com and check us out on our sports page on Facebook, SoCalChronicle.com, SoCal Chronicle Sports. Oh, and you can also check us out on our Twitter. Tw- <laughs> Twitter. We got a Twitter page too, SoCal Chronicle there. So uh, be sure to uh, hit the like button and give us a thumb up. And follow. Make sure you follow. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Absolutely. And you can also find us over at Two Shots Podcast at T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S and at Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also check us out on the World Wide Web at TwoShotsSA.com. So for Michael A. DeLeon and Jonathan Mathis, I'm Joe Garcia. And before I end my segment, I'm going to tell you guys the same thing I always say. Spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind to one another. We're out. Peace. You guys have a good one.